0: Patriot Speed is brought to you by
1: FanDuel, the exclusive wagering partner of the CLNS Media Network. All right, everyone. Welcome back in to another live edition of the Patriots Beat podcast. Brian Hines from Pat's Pulpit, joined here as always by Alex Barr from 98.5 Sports Hub. And Alex, we are officially two weeks away, two weeks away from the start of Patriot's training camp. The fun will begin. Probably my favorite time of the year football season. I don't know how, how do you feel about that? But um, are you, <laughs> what do you with... think? What do you think? Oh, we'll draft draft. And then,
0: Oh, I thought you said that football season is your favorite time of the year. Yeah. No, I mean training. training yeah. Training camps up there with the draft. It's just like the whole, you know, I love the team building elements of it and the roster construction element of it. So the draft is obviously a major part of that for agency as well, but this is also a big part because as much as we think like the team is done, the roster is done they've added all these players. Well, now you got to start subtracting and we'll kind of get into next week, some of the roster cuts and position battles and stuff like that. But yeah, we're kind of ramping up for what is one of the biggest team building windows on the NFL calendar.
1: Mm -hmm. So that's when, that's when the real fun starts here and and we'll get into that as Alex just said next week and obviously the week after, but Today, we're going to kind of work through the rest of the AFC East for a little bit, and then we'll kick it over to you guys for questions, hopefully get to some of those we didn't get to uh, last show. But I say we start with the Jets because they're kind of the story of the day. They are on Hard Knocks, which is going to be must-see television, I'd have to say. And kind of where I'm at with the Jets is... If you're on paper or maybe playing on Madden, they're they're probably the best roster, right? They might have the best overall on Madden, but it's going to be up to Aaron Rodgers here, whether to kind of sink or swim. If you get a locked in Aaron Rodgers, they could make a playoff run. And if he's not checked in and kind of what he was in Green Bay the last few years, they might be missing the playoffs here. When we look back at it.
0: Yeah. The, the jets to me have the most variation. They could be a 14 win team. They could be a five win team. That's, you know, it, it's kind of all over the place. Right. And I think that it is, it, like you said, some of it comes down to Rogers. Also, they don't have a ton of depth. So other important positions, wide receiver tackle, even corner. Like, obviously they're, they're starting corners are great. And I know sauce Gardner's kind of gotten a lot of attention on through the last couple of days, shout out to Darrell Rivas, but. It's more about, you know, can, like you said, it's the mad Ring. They look good on paper. There's not a ton of depth there, literally, it, literally and figuratively, to support it. If guys start getting hurt, if Aaron Rodgers checks out, they're going to be the same team they were last year. And you know they did make a change. Um, they did make a change to the coach. People bring that up, but it's what are we expecting Nathaniel Hackett to do after what we saw in Denver last year? So I'm, I don't want to say I'm down on the Jets because I do think their upside is tremendous. But how often do these teams like? The Jets, to me, are what the Broncos were last year. And we all thought the Broncos were going to be filthy. I picked them to go to the Super Bowl from the AFC. And I don't think my reasoning at the time was entirely wrong. Russell Wilson just didn't show up. And who saw that coming? So it's kind of the same. And then some key guys got hurt, right? They lost Tim Patrick. I don't remember if it was in camp or in the preseason. But they lost Tim Patrick. They had some injuries on the defensive side of the ball. If Aaron Rodgers shows up, the Jets are for us to be reckoned with. Is Aaron Rodgers going to show up? Who the hell knows? Yep. I know and, it's all like lovey-dovey and feel good right now, and he's joking around with the media and all that. But, man, the second that gets tough for him, I think he's going to bail.
1: And, I mean, their defense is going to be really good, right? Like all three levels, they hit all those boxes. But their O-line kind of scares me, and it kind of feels like the Patriots offensive line a little bit. Like you have Beckton, who's who's yeah. really good if he's locked in, but he's a question mark, kind of like that Trent Brown. And then on the other side, they're like, throwing bodies at the wall, like who'd they bring in? Like four year old Dwayne Brown, kind of like that Riley reef. So yeah,
0: they, they kind of did the whole throw things against the wall too.
1: So they need kind of like the Patriots there. They need that offensive line to be locked in and healthy or things could kind of go bad there. And Aaron Rodgers, at what's he 40 years old. How's that going to hold up behind a shaky O line if that goes South.
0: And the other thing is like some of these young guys, Garrett Wilson obviously is taking strides, but Where's he, How does his game jump? I mean, a lot of that is projection for him. The other one, and, and we can kind of get into this because it's the big conversation in the NFL right now, is Sauce Gardner. I think Sauce Gardner is a good player, but can he replicate what he did last year? There's now tape on him. There's now tendency on him. Teams have had an offseason to prepare for him, and as much as I don't want to agree with Asante Samuel, I think some of what he said is true, that a lot of what Sauce does is, is bevied by the scheme. And it's not a specific sauce gardener critique. If you look at it a certain way, and Brian, feel free to disagree with this, but that Seattle three defense that they're running in New York and that they're running in Seattle, by the way, and I think to an extent this applies to Tariq Woolen too. The Seattle three defense is to cornerbacks, kind of like the Shanahan offense is to quarterbacks. It makes it all very simple, all very paint by number for the corner who just has to execute, you know, it's all kind of kept in front of them. Very basic concepts that if you're a good athlete, you can execute and it puts more of the onus on other positions. In the case of the Seattle three, it's ma- mainly the linebackers and in the, in the safeties too, to some extent. So like, can teams figure out a way to crack that sauce gets compared to Richard Sherman, who's the same way. He doesn't even travel. Can teams figure out a way to maybe start getting into that Seattle three defense? Cause that's the first time around when they ran it in Seattle, it was all well and good until they took some shots in the Super Bowl from the Patriots. And then over the course of the next season, and you kind of started seeing it open up. Um, that's something else you're going to have to wait and see there.
1: Yeah, that's a good point. And I feel like they're, they get a lot of bonus kind of from their pass rush. I feel like their pass rush helps their secondary. Cause that's a, it's a really good yeah. pass rush with Quinn and Williams. John Franklin My- Myers is really underrated. They added Will McDonald, I believe his name is Carl Lawson. Jermaine Johnson still was a first round pick last year. So that's a really good, again, kind of like the Patriots, a really good pass rushing unit that could help their secondary. If a team does start to pick off that kind of Seattle three look that you're talking about.
0: Yeah. So that's, that's going to be like, it, it, it's, it's crazy with the jets. Cause that, that is, mm-hmm. it's, it's really all speculation with them. Yeah. I saw, I think it was on ESPN. Maybe it was the athletic. Somebody had like the top, 10 position battles in camp and across the NFL or roster battles. And one of them was the Jets versus expectations. And it's so true. It's so true because this team can be special, but they're the Jets and it's Aaron Rodgers. And all of our, as good as it looks on paper, all of our instincts tell us Rodgers, the Jets, there's a choke coming. Nathaniel Hackett, there's a choke coming.
1: Belichick versus Hackett. That'll be a, Hopefully, Belichick right. has the hand that in there. But, I mean, they've had some success, Patriots-wise, against Rodgers, right? They've been able to turn the ball over against him, which is kind of... Yeah. You feel like that's where they're going to have to... Because he's gonna he's not going to Zach Wilson it and give you four picks, but if you can get one or two like they did against Green Bay last year, then put up 20, 25 points, you might be able to kind of steal a game or two there against them there. Yeah. So... Do you want any last Jets thoughts?
0: Um, I guess where do we think they're gonna? Where do we think they're gonna finish?
1: Hmm. I want to say last, just because like, I like just something. Just it doesn't seem like it's gonna work, and like Rogers already tweaking something the first day of camp or OTAs or whatever. Like I just don't feel like he's gonna finish the year, and I think it's gonna go south more likely than it goes up but again it's like they could be in the afc championship game or they they could be last year but i guess right now i'll say they finish last
0: i sneaky like them to win it really i do i just we'll get to buffalo in a little bit but i don't know i i think you're gonna get a pissed off aaron Rodgers. i think you're gonna get a motivated aaron Rodgers, and if they get that they're scary
1: yeah but he's got to stay healthy that's the one thing that that, yeah, the, it's just kind of like the Patriots, Like a, the like an injury, It's going to be there, but yeah, I think he if is going to be pissed off, but.
0: If he gets hurt, they're in trouble because, I mean, we all know what the Jets look like with Zach Wilson, the quarterback. We've all seen that movie, but if he's healthy, I mean, they're, I if Aaron Rodgers is healthy and motivated, they are the best team in the AFC East. That is a massive, massive if, but if Aaron Rodgers is healthy and motivated, they're the best team in the division.
1: Yep, completely agree. All right, let's jump let's go south. We'll keep the bills for last. All right. All because right. I think the Dolphins have some similarities to the Jets. They have a really, you know, good talented roster, but there's some questions on the offensive line and there's some quarterback health questions cuz you saw how bad they were without Tua last year. I mean, he's learning, he spent the offseason learning how to fall correctly, which is just bad vibes, but <laughs> so like again, I could see them winning the division or if the O-line is shaky and two is not out there, it could be bad again for them. I think one of the
0: best moves they made this off season was signing Mike white. And yeah. I know they had Teddy Bridgewater last year as a backup and Teddy Bridgewater is a good player, but he gets hurt a lot and that's not what you want your backup. And then they're down to scholar Thompson and it, it basically becomes a mess. Mike white's a solid backup quarter. Like I, I, I don't know that you're building a franchise around Mike white, but if you need him to win you three or four games over the course of the season, he's going to win you one or two of them. And that's kind of what you want in a backup. So I think they're in good shape for the inevitability of Tua getting hurt because he's just not a guy that's going to play 17 games. I still think when it comes to, I talk about this with Mac Jones a lot, building an an offense around the quarterback skill set, not just putting together good players, but players who in a scheme that maximizes what the quarterback does best. I don't know that there's a team in the league that has done a better job of putting together players that maximize what their quarterback does more so than the Miami dolphins for two attack of ILO. So I love that they do have playmakers on defense. I'm worried about, you know, I just said two is not a guy who's going to play 17 games. Does he miss three or four? I think they can overcome that. Does it get closer to half a season? Now? I don't know about that. Now you're asking an awful lot of Mike white, especially in this division, how many divisional games is Tua missing, et cetera. So that that's the one worry obviously there. The other honestly, more in the offensive line, I don't trust the coach. I don't trust Mike McDaniel. Ripping heaters during a playoff game, can't get the freaking play call in for 60 full minutes, is chugging down the play clock, doesn't think it's an issue. I didn't get his whole shtick last year. I thought y'all thought he was a little, y'all are getting too cutesy with him. Uh, and that proved to be the case. He was, you know, this, this fun, dorky, yet hip guy until he very much wasn't. And it became very apparent there halfway through the year with how he handled things both on the field and off the field in terms of injuries that he's in over his head. He was in over his head last year as an NFL head coach. That was blatantly apparent. Can he learn everything he needs to learn in an offseason? Can he totally bounce back this year? I don't know. He didn't strike me as a guy who recognized the fact he was in over his head. Mm-hmm. So I worry about where he's at. I worry about how seriously he's taking things, how much he feels he has to improve. If he's willing to, for lack of a better term, grow up, I think they're in good shape because he is a very good play designer and all of that. But if he's still going to kind of try to be this, this like edgy guy, that's it, it, doesn't work. It doesn't work. It's a shtick. It's, it's stupid. And, and that could be their biggest downfall. Like he's, I, I'm still not sold. And I know I'm in the minority on this, but I don't care. I'm still not sold that Mike McDaniel's an NFL head coach. He's an offensive play caller. Absolutely. I am still not sold. He is a winning NFL head coach. And that's people will say, oh, he had two. He was hurt. And how did he deal with that? Independent of two, I'm still not sold on Mike McDaniel.
1: So how do you think them bringing in Vic Vangio, like, does that help him or like, because it'll help their defense, but where well, do you think it's, that it's, is?
0: It's weird because it, it, I, it's kind of like, honestly, I have this developing take about the Celtics and I feel like it's kind of similar. In theory, that should help adults in the room. That's what we've all called Sam Cassell, right? With Joe Mazula is the adult in the room well, how receptive is Mike McDaniel going to be to all of that? Cause he's, doesn't he sort of give off that vibe of like, get out of here, old man. We're doing things the new way. We're doing things the hip way. Like I am the next generation. If he's going to be like that, it doesn't help. If he's actually going to listen to remember, they brought in essentially a babysitter for Nathaniel Hackett last year in Denver and it changed nothing. So let's see how receptive Mike McDaniel is to it. That's the question that we're not going to know the answer until we know the answer. We can't really project that, but I, I he's got to he's got to grow up. He's got to grow up and quick because he wasn't it last year. That was not a good showing by him in any regard. Again, from the injury stuff to not being able to get play calls in any of it, it wasn't good enough. It wasn't. It, it didn't look like an NFL head coach. It didn't look like a guy who's close to being an NFL head coach. Let's see if he can figure out figure it out this year.
1: Yeah, I mean his scheme is obviously great. Like you mentioned, they do such a good job putting Tua in a place to succeed. Right, like there was. Like six, seven, eight weeks into the season last year, he was the number one quarterback in like EPA per play or, or one of those metrics. But yeah, he's got a – he was on um, – I listened to him on a podcast. I think it was – might have been part of my take he was on a few weeks ago. and I, He did kind of seem to like recognize he had some issues and he wants to lean on some of his staff a little bit more. So maybe once they get into the year, he'll, he'll kind of grow up, as you're saying. But again, that's yeah. something you have to see to – See to believe first.
0: So that that's, that's my biggest concern with them. You know, I, we kind of talked about where two is at in the offensive line. I actually think they've been done a decent job of putting that together. But besides that, I mean, they got a good team. They, again, I think they've built it around to a really well. And I do like their defense. We'll see. They lost some corners in free agency. We'll see how they compensate for that, but they've got, they've got a solid roster. Mm -hmm. They should be, they should be over 500 at the very least. I, so we talked about the Jets as kind of being the this massive paradigm of extreme one way, extreme the other, right? Which way does it go? I think the Dolphins are the safest team. I think they have the, le- the least amount of variation. Now, the Bills ceiling is still higher, but I actually think there's more variation for the Bills for reasons we'll get into. I think the Dolphins, they're going to win nine or ten games. Like, they're yeah. right there. They're a just over 500 team. I don't think they're going to be great, but I re- in less – two is out for a truly extended period of time. I don't think they're going to be that bad either. I don't think they're going to be a team that's like eliminated from the playoffs before we get to December. They're just kind of who they are, which is a, a pretty good, not great team.
1: Yep. I'm there with you. So should we take that to the bills? Should we jump over there? Let's do it. All right. <laughs> All right. So the Buffalo bills, as you said, like, I still think they're going to win 10 to 12 games, right? Like they're still a re- really good team they have issues and it kind of feels like they might've missed their window. Like the roster was really good the last two or three years. And now you're starting to see that Josh Allen extension kick in and they're losing, losing some pieces and starting on offense. Like they have a Stefan Diggs problem because who knows what the hell's going on there. And then you have, they're, they're looking for another receiver because Gabe Davis didn't take that step. They drafted Dalton Kincaid in the first round. Is he a tight end? Are they going to be living in 12 with him and Dawson Knox, or are they calling him a slot receiver and putting him in the slot? But they need that... Well, they need Stefan Diggs, first of all, because he's you know the engine there, but then they need that safety blanket that they tried to bring in like Cole Beasley last year, and it didn't work, and that safety blanket over the middle to just move the chains at times instead of big play hunting, and maybe that's Dalton Kincaid, maybe it's not, but that's where they seem to kind of be at right now.
0: Yeah, I just, this, you kind of hit on it there. This is the first year in a while that they've regressed <laughs> roster wise. And they lost Tremaine Edmonds, who's a big, big loss for their defense. They lost some other, you know, uh, rotational weapons on offense. Steffel on Diggs turns 30, which, you look at the history of wide receivers just going from 29 to 30. Even in that one year, there's generally a pretty big drop off. And I've made it clear how I feel. Stephon Diggs, not Josh Allen, is the key to the Bills being the offensive juggernaut they can be when they're at their best. Allen's banged up, and I'll get to that in a second. They did make two big additions this offseason I think we, we need to talk about. And the first one, like you said, is Dalton Kincaid. I don't know why they drafted a tight end to play slot receiver in a draft that was so deep at slot receiver. That will not make sense to me. We'll see what he turns into. I think he was a project pick. I said this during the draft. He was not like an instant hit guy. I thought that was a pretty bold pick of them. Maybe their best pickup of the off season is might fly under the radar, but really is Damian Harris, because as long as they've had Allen, they have not been able to traditionally run the football and they've tried a bunch of different ways and it hasn't worked. And If they really want to be taken serious, like as a Super Bowl contender, great. They're going to win 12 to 14 games in the regular season. Fantastic. I'm not taking them seriously to win the Super Bowl until they prove that they can run the football in a traditional manner and win in cold environments because that is what has undone them the last few years. And part of the problem is, I, I feel like, and this is a lot of the discourse among Bills fans right now, they seem to so. The big question for the Bills is, where is that fulcrum point? Where is that, you know, water finding its level? I I can't think of the exact term, but if you don't run Josh Allen enough, the offense becomes one-dimensional because teams don't fear them running the ball traditionally. If you don't run Josh Allen enough, the offense becomes one-dimensional, defenses sit back, take away the deep ball, and force him to nickel and dime his way down the field, which, except against the Patriots for some reason, he cannot do. He does it against the Patriots every time. It makes me sound like an idiot, but there's a reason he led the league in turnovers because he can't do it against 30 other teams. He just, against Patriots, he's willing to be patient. He knows that game means more to their fans. That's their Super Bowl because they're not playing in the real Super Bowl. If, so that's if you you don't run Allen. So it's, all right, we got to run him. But then if you run him too much, he gets banged up because he doesn't go out of bounds. He doesn't slide. He takes too many hits. And you saw it last year. He hurt his elbow. And that was a problem. And he's just, he's going to get banged up over the course of a season. And the older he gets, the quicker that's going to happen, the fewer hits it's going to take for him to get to that point. And you're seeing him start to get beat up. So the word I was looking for before was equilibrium. I think the Bills seem to believe, their fans certainly seem to believe, that there's some equilibrium there that they can get to where, all right, if we run Josh Allen X number of times per game, he won't get too banged up, but it's not too one-dimensional. I don't think that number actually exists. I don't think that number is real because running him period, you run the risk of him getting hurt. And the the same is true about any quarterback. How often does Patrick Mahomes really scramble anymore? He cut it out of his game. He cut it out of his game. Why did we have to go through this whole thing with the Ravens playing Lamar Jackson? Because they know as long as he's their quarterback, they are going to have significant injury concerns on the offensive side of the ball. This keeps going. Joe Burrow ran significantly less the last few years than he did his rookie year when he got hurt. Justin Herbert has scrambled less. Josh Allen is the only guy of this new generation of quarterbacks that has not cut down on the running. And that's because of his team, because they haven't been able to figure out a way to do it. If they can't do that, they can't win a Super Bowl. Because the way this team is built without a traditional run game, they, they're not going to be able to beat great teams. And they're especially not going to be able to do it late in the year in the cold and in the snow. So I believe in the Bills in the sense that they're going to win 12 to 14 games. They should win the division. Maybe the Jets get hot, whatever. I still don't take them seriously as Super Bowl contender. I still don't do it because that question of where is the Josh Allen equilibrium, if Brian Dayball couldn't answer it, nobody's answering it.
1: That's what I was uh, going to say.
0: <laughs> whoever it is, Alex Van Pelter, Rob Johnson, or whichever one of the early 2000s Bills. I know it's Ken Dorsey. That's a joke. Whichever one of the early 2000s Bills backup quarterback, you know, Drew Bledsoe backups they have in there, isn't going to answer it if Dayball couldn't figure it out. So I just, I like you said, I think their window closed. Their roster is not a, as good as it was. Their best offensive player is now older. Their second now offensive player continues to take shots. He doesn't need a hit. They win twelve fourteen games. They should win the division. If they don't, it's a disappointment. I also don't take them seriously as a Super Bowl contender.
1: Yep. No, I agree with that. They they seem they're like soft. Soft is the word between the. They, they
0: don't of, seem soft. They are soft. They're they a are soft, soft team. Between they're the lack of the run team.
1: game, the complaints about the snow and the weather, and then that's all like offensively, defensively. You mentioned they lost. We didn't even get into the defensive stuff. They lost Leslie Frazier, their defensive coordinator, and. Yeah. You saw the impact they had last year when Von Miller went out with the torn ACL, and now what's he, 33, 34, coming off an ACL yeah. tear? Where's his level of play going to be at? What's it's that pass rush look like? Edmonds and Milano, that second level worked so well together. Are they going to be able to replace him? Like there are a lot of question marks there as well too.
0: Yeah, I. Um, it, there's all, all that you mentioned. I, I think the Von Miller point, thank you for bringing that up, is a big one. And they signed Leonard Floyd, which tells me that they're not super comfortable with where Von Miller's at. And you're exactly right. When they lost him last year, everything changed for them defensively. Tremaine Edmonds is a big loss. The other thing is, and maybe this is the thing where it's like two years removed from the injury, guys generally play better, but Tredavious White wasn't Tredavious White last year when he came back. You know, and you go back to the age thing, too. Micah High is a year older. Jordan Poirier is a year older. Those are guys that have been banged up. I just, it's an old defense. It's an old defense that has dealt with injuries, and I, I can't believe they didn't use their first pick on, on defense, their first draft pick on defense. Yeah. They actually didn't go defense until the third round, Dorian Williams. I'm looking at their draft now, and they didn't draft defense again until their final pick, 252 overall. Alex Austin, cornerback from Oregon State, so. Yeah, somebody brought up Taylor Rapp. He's a fine signing, but he's not what Hyde or Poyer are at their prime. It's it's going to be interesting to see what that defense looks like. I, I totally forgot they lost Frazier as well. They There's a lot of question marks for them, I think, on that side of the ball. There should be. Their fans won't deign question them because you say anything other than the Buffalo Bills are going to win 10 Super Bowls in a row and you're a hater, even if you point out facts about the team like Josh Allen led the league in turnovers last year. But there's questions for that team. They are not perfect. They are not in that upper tier. Don't kid yourselves. The upper tier mm-hmm. of the AFC. Well, I mean, it's really the chiefs. The chiefs are in a tier of their own, but I would argue then it's the Bengals are in a tier of their own. And then you get two teams like the bills. I'd put them in there with, uh, the chargers. I'd put them in there with the Ravens if Lamar Jackson is healthy. I feel I, the jets are probably in the same tier honestly, as the bills, um, they're not they're not the class of the AFC anymore.
1: Yep. And I'm I So, so... All right, so I'd
0: go, i go, I just want to look at this because I know I was missing the teams there. I'd go Chiefs tier one alone, yep. Bengals tier two alone. Mm-hmm. And then yeah, I'd go Buffalo, New York, Baltimore with the Lamar uh uh disclaimer, and the Chargers. That would be my next tier.
1: Jacksonville or are they the tier after? Would you put them?
0: Jacksonville's the tier after. I just have this thing about teams—the first year they break out.
1: You want to see it? Again. I don't.
0: Right. Remember in 2017, we we're already to crown the Jags as the, as the uh, 17. Yeah, no, 16. We no, it was 17. It was 17. I'm we were all ready that. to crown the Jags and, and Jalen Ramsey and Duval, and they were going to go. And they would finally built this thing around Blake Bortles. And three years later, they were picking first overall. So, I I think the Jaguars will move out of that tier for me very quickly once the season gets going, like I, I don't believe they are a flash in the pan, but I kind of, I'm take handcuffed here. Cause I'm always the guy that when a team breaks out, it's first year, I'm always the guy saying, all right, well, let's see if it's sustainable. Yeah. What about the 17 Jags? What about, um, you know, the Rams made the super bowl in 18 and then kind of just dipped right off. And we thought they were set up and I'm always that guy. So I, I have all of the Jags. They might be in their own tier. I think they're really the only wait and see tier. Um, in the AFC, maybe I'd put them in the same tier as the Dolphins, kind of the same thing. But um, yeah, I'm just I'm just always that guy that's like, all right, congratulations, you had a nice season, good for you. Let's see it again. again. <laughs> yeah, so that's where I'm at with it, and I think they can. Like, I think they're better. This yeah. team is built better than that 19 team was, that yeah. uh, that 17 Jaguars team was. They're built better, but I got to see it. That's that's always my rule of thumb is I've got to see it.
1: Yep. As much as I love Blake Bortles, he's no Trevor Lawrence, but yeah. Yeah, I was just the last thing I had on the Bills, and yeah, they're going to be a good team. They have a good roster, but I was just so surprised they gave that extension to Sean McDermott and, and Bean a few weeks ago. Yeah, too, like that just seemed like you wait until at like you see what you have this year, and if it works, then you give them the extension. That seemed like a year too early. So,
0: but you know what? I think they're okay with it. I think Buffalo I Bills just like ownership Bean. is very okay with being an also ran and Hey, we got close and they know the fan base will go with that. Mm. They're kind of the Celtics. I hate to say yep. it, I was comparing them to the Sixers. And as much as I love that comparison, Josh Allen has not won an MVP. Now he hasn't gotten to a Super Bowl either, but it's kind of like Celtics giving Missoula the extension. Hey, you're close. That's good enough for us. Even if you're not the guy that can get us over the hump, you're the guy that can get us close. And we're happy with that.
1: And Before, the offense. We- Right. You're either baying in threes or hitting the long explosive plays or. You're just yeah, injured.
0: that's a good point.
1: That, that's a good one. All
0: right. Before All we right. move on from the bills, I, I do want to mention
1: that. All right. So any final AFC thoughts? So then we'll, we can get into some questions in the chat if you guys want to start dropping them in there now. But wrap up people- any AFC stuff.
0: Yeah. I'd say if people want to put questions yeah. in the chat, throw your questions in the chat, but I'll say we, I kind of did it there, Brian, real quick, since we're just do, we're not going to do like a full AFC preview. This is kind of it. Cause next week yeah. will be all camp. Um, how do you see like the AFC big picture? Where are the, where do you see like the tears? Give me your tears for the AFC.
1: I was pretty much there with you. I mean, it's obviously, it's obviously the chiefs until someone knocks them off. And then yeah. the Bengals are probably that second best team. and, and you know i'm not ready to put the bills there after they whooped them last year so i'm kind of with you top two i think that the north is going to be really interesting because it feels like i don't know i don't want to say anyone could win it because it's the Bengals, but anyone could snap a wild card spot out of that whether you know kenny pickett has a really good year or lamar is lamar or deshaun watson gets back to his old self but i was kind of with you with the tears there I, I, i do like jacksonville but there's a lot of talent. There's a lot of talent there, which is bad news for the Patriots. Basement of the AFC. Cause
0: I feel like, like I'm scrolling through this. It's not a lot of bad teams. If we go through the teams that finished the at the Titans. bottom of their divisions last year, the Titans are bad. Okay. So the Titans are really bad. The Colts and Indy aren't like, they're not good, but they also have, you know, top five quarterbacks. Rookie quarterbacks, so they're at least interesting in that regard. Anybody in the West feels like a threat because there's a ton of talent out there. There's some really bad coaching, some really bad coaching in the in the West. But you know, there's talent out there. Baltimore, you know, if Lamar's healthy, they're a threat. Pittsburgh, we'll see what Kenny Pickett is. Cleveland, to me, is really maybe the great unknown in all yeah. of this because what is Deshaun Watson at this point? And then I don't like. I know people want to dump on the Patriots. Patriots aren't bad. I, they're not great, but they're not bad. I think if there's a ba- there is a bad team in the AFC, it's the Titans. I think that's it. I think that might, like the the, the Texans and Colts kind of, but they're also they have the rookie quarterbacks. You don't know.
1: or do you think? How do you think Sean Payton will do out there with Russ? Will we get a revival there? Or I.
0: I wish Russ's contract was shorter because I love so many of the other pieces they have. And I'd love yeah. to see Sean Payton scheme it up with Tim Patrick and uh, Jerry Judy and that offense in the group they have. But I just, I think Russ is cooked. I think it's going to be better because I think Russ is more or less going to be the same player, but at least have a better coach helping him through it. I don't Sean Payton isn't aging Russell Wilson backwards. He's going to do everything, but but th- that's kind of the one thing that team needs more than anything else. And they're not going to get it. Yeah. I do think he crushes the bathroom number, really. Like, I don't think we're doing that in December of this year. <laughs> For those who don't know, there was a guy on TikTok last year. It was viral. Russell Wilson's house was 12 bathrooms, right? Russell Wilson's
1: yeah, 12, new house in
0: Denver had 12 bathrooms. And like a couple weeks into the season, it was clear that it wasn't going well in Denver. This guy started this trend of seeing how long it would take Russell Wilson to throw more touchdowns than there were bathrooms in his house. So I that thing and it it got going. I think he only threw like 14 touchdowns last year. Carried through like Christmas. He got it obviously.
1: The the last two weeks of the season, he had like five. Finally, I think it was that Chiefs game. He had a remember that Chiefs game? They had the big comeback, and he finally looked like himself. And
0: well, he got hurt, and that kind of slowed it down too. But I I don't think he pushes the 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 bathroom number this year. But I I don't know that it's going to be great either. All right. What do we got for questions? Uh, is this live? I feel like I've seen this before. Yes, it is live. Uh, you just got some deja vu. This is in fact live. Um, what else do we got here for questions? I'm trying to see like when we first asked for the questions. Um, I'm getting tired of the Hopkins updates that are always just saying he's still thinking what's a realistic timeline for when we might hear something real. Good question. I agree with you that I'm sick of the updates being there's no update. I think, I think I actually said that on whatever it was Tuesday, Monday, whenever we did the last show. Monday. Yeah. My guess, and there's no inside information here. This is just me guessing. He's going to wait until camp starts. He's not going to sign before camp starts. Cause he wants to see what, ha- what happens to his market. That being said, he can't wait too long. Cause at a certain point, his value dips because now it's all right, well, we got to bring this guy in. He's got to learn the playbook. Is he going to be learning on the fly? Once we start regular season games, I think, yeah. He signs before be somewhere between the start of camp. Call it all right. So training camp starts on a Wednesday, right? And teams are going to practice Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and then either Saturday or Sunday. So that next Monday is August first, uh, July 31st. thirty first.
1: Yeah,
0: I think he signed somewhere between July thirty first and August tenth. So somewhere right around that first preseason game, either like right, maybe he does it like. You know, all the teams play their first preseason games and then he signs. I think that's like the latest he signs, but somewhere in that window.
1: Yeah, I'd agree. He can't go. He can't wait too long, right? Because then it's just you're you're too behind the eight ball at that point. But yeah, I think we're still going to drag out another few weeks here.
0: And this is related. How do we feel about the odds changing in favor of the Titans Landing Hopkins. Somebody was telling me about this today. I guess the odds flipped big time. The Vegas odds in terms of Hopkins, what I would say, and I say this all the time Vegas loves taking money from stupid people. So they could just out of nowhere flip the odds. All the people who think that Vegas knows start piling money in on the Titans, and then they flip the odds back tomorrow. And they're like, oh, we got some bad information. So I it means nothing to me. It means no. nothing. I'll when he signs, I'll 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 react to him signing.
1: Yep. I agree.
0: That. Uh what else? And you guys can keep the questions coming. Who do we realistically see as the starting tackles with the current situation with Trent Brown?
1: This is gonna be a big question. That is the question right now. Yeah. I so all off season I was kind of on the Riley Reef on the right side, but you know, throughout OTAs, I, I kind of feel like they like Connor McDermott out there and, and he might make a push there. Now it's going to be a, that's the competition right through camp, Connor McDermott, Riley reef. And can Calvin Anderson get his name on the right side? He was on the left side because Trent Brown wasn't there, but which I like Calvin Anderson. I, I'd love for them to find a way to get him in there. But I think now I'm kind of leaning more McDermott right now over reef. I don't know where you stand. So I, I think
0: we have to take a step back before that. Cause you mentioned Calvin Anderson was playing left tackle when Trent Brown wasn't there. We sure that that's why he was doing that, or were they rotating at right tackle because they wanted to get Calvin Anderson all the left tackle snaps because they want to move Trent Brown back to the right side? That's what makes this all so confusing. Trent Brown's a a true swing tackle, Riley Reese kind of a swing tackle, Calvin Anderson is a little bit as well. Connor McDermott's the only guy that's side specific, he's a right tackle. So, where's Trent Brown going to play? Is the first question because. I know we all think he's going to go back to left tackle and he probably wants that in a contract year so he can get paid, et cetera, et cetera. It would not surprise me in the slide. I'm expect, I, I'm not expecting anything. I would feel just as surprised if we get out there and he's at right tackle as I do if he's at left tackle. So Dante Skarniecki always talks about the best five. How do you get your best five on the field outside of the conversation about Onwenu at tackle, which we've talked about a few times in the past. And if somebody wants to bring that up in the chat, we can get to it, but their best five might be with Trent Brown at right tackle. Yeah. If Calvin Anderson's a better option than Riley reef or Connor McDermott, that's your best five. Now, are they going to subscribe to that? Or are they going to say, no, we want our best tackle at left tackle. And then we'll figure it out on the right side. They might do that as well. That's where all the questions are. But if they're going to go with their best five, it's Calvin Anderson at left tackle, Cole strange, David Andrews, Michael and went across the middle. And then, I think McDermott over Reef, but it's close. It's close and not in a good way. So but he, we'll, we'll see what happens over there. Who the hell knows? But um, that would be their best five.
1: Yeah, that's a really intriguing five for me too because you get a little more of that athleticism or a lot more athleticism with Anderson than a Riley Reef at this point. So that would that would be interesting if they charted that out. But unfortunately, we haven't seen Trent out there to get a get an idea yet, so... All right, this is an interesting one. I know we do a lot of projecting this
0: time of year. Who do you think will be the surprise player this? Who do you think will be the surprise player that? Uh surprise record, surprise whatever. Asking our thoughts on the Chiefs game all the way in December. I I don't feel great about it. It's still a long way away. We'll see what happens, but I have that penciled in as a loss. I'd be lying if I said I didn't.
1: Is that Monday night? Is that prime time?
0: Yeah, cuz they have the Thursday to the Monday. That's they right. have that long layoff yeah. to get ready for it.
1: So, I, I mean, I'm obviously not going to pick him to win, but what, what what you said in the comment, they always play him decently, right? Bill can always yeah. spin something up, and if you give him that extra time, who knows? And, I, I'm, I mean, I'm not going to pick against Patrick Mahomes, but I think their defense could kind of, you know, play with them pretty well. But still, I'm not going to pick against Patrick Mahomes. But that's – got a lot of time to get there, so. <laughs> All right,
0: back with it here we'll go to this question because we were just talking about the offensive line. If the tackle situation isn't going well, could we see the Patriots getting really aggressive near the deadline with the ranking team? Uh, two things I'd say about this, that I think it's not going to get to that point. If the tackle situation isn't going well, they're not going to be in a position to buy at the deadline. No, they're just not. The other thing is teams are not trading tackles. Teams are not, it is so tough to get a tackle in today's NFL. I'm still shocked. They traded Justin Heron last year. He's like the only tackle that's moved in a trade in the last two years. And people are going to say I'm wrong and going to bring up some other minor examples, but it's just, we, we did this show. Like there's a shortage of tackle right now. It's going to be so expensive to do that. This is the bed they've made for themselves a tackle. And they're just going to kind of have to lay in it. I think for better or worse.
1: Yep. I mean, you saw last year, they just, the, their best case scenario was, picking up Connor McDermott off the jets practice squad in week week 12 or whatever that was. So that's not a situation they'll probably find themselves in. Uh, what else do we
0: got here? So this is something we kind of talked about on the last show, but I just want to reiterate it. Uh, and this is a really good point here from Dennis low key, a pressure situation, pressure situation for Clem coming in, trying to figure, trying to get these guys to buy in. I find it so weird that they don't have the situation figured out yet. Yeah. You know, so I think the question we got on Monday was, did the Patriots overestimate their tackles? And my answer is basically, no, I don't think they did. I think they know that they don't have a ton of tackle right now. I think that their belief is Adrian Clem is going to elevate it. And that's putting an awful lot on him. Now, they paid him a lot of money, and I'm sure they think very highly of him, but you're giving him a massive project to work with. And as much as we, that was, if there was one overarching issue for the Patriots last year, it was putting too much on people's plates. That's ultimately what did in the 2022 Patriots was key people in key positions were being asked to do too much at a coaching level, at a player level, just all around. It feels like they more or less sorted that out. If they signed Hopkins, that would be a long step towards doing that. But if there's one spot where I still feel like they're asking this one guy to to take on this much responsibility, it's Adrian Clem fixing this tackle situation.
1: Mm -hmm. And, you know, as we also got on, Last, last show, or whenever we brought this up next, you can put Bill O'Brien in that same bucket, you know, right, scheming up quick hitters and, and things to try to minimize the impact that the tackle position could have on the offense. But yeah, definitely some, some pressure on those, those guys. And that's in that spot. All right, here's one. I, we,
0: we should have probably done this as news off the top, but Robert Kraft mm-hmm. is a semifinalist for the Pro Football Hall of Fame class of 2024. Uh, my opinion, the long overdue. Yep. Long overdue. Let's get him in already. And there's only eight owners outside of the guys who, like, founded the league and were in the initial class. There's only eight owners in NFL history who have been inducted in the hall while they still owned the team, like they weren't retired yet or anything. Um, the last one being Jerry Jones. I'm sorry, Jerry Jones is in. Robert Kraft uh, Jerry Jones getting in before Robert Kraft is a trap It's right up there with Marvin Harrison getting in over Torello. And it's probably worse. Uh, it's about time we get Robert Kraft in the other one. I'd say, and I don't think he'll get in because it's just there's more of a path for him, but Stanley Morgan. He the record for yeah. his career, 19.2 yards per catch for his career for a 14-year NFL career. That is the record. The most yards per reception for any receiver in NFL history with over 500 receptions. That to me is a guy who's deserving to be in. His path's a little more complicated because he's a former player, and the selection committee works differently with that. But Craft absolutely should be in this year.
1: Yep, hundred percent long overdue. Long overdue there. Let's see what so else we
0: that got. One. Um, we're not really doing a Boston sports minute, but have you seen Cooper Flag? I have
1: he's a beast. Okay, from
0: Maine. Yeah, he's an animal. I'm excited. Let's get him on the Celtics.
1: Unless he goes to Duke, then I'm out on him. But he's definitely see. I'm
0: I'm always torn about Duke basketball because I actually don't mind Duke. Like I like Coach K. I liked Coach K. I respected the hell out. Of me. Oh. But I loved it when Duke lost because Duke fans are hilarious when Duke loses. So like, I like Coach K, but it's just so funny when that team loses games.
1: Yeah. You're not a Coach a K. K guy. No, I wasn't a Coach K guy.
0: I don't see how you can't like Coach K when there's a. Let me ask you, how you feel about Syracuse I mean, basketball?
1: I don't like. I don't like them either, really. I, I like, like Jim like Boeheim's one of my like, least
0: favorite people in yeah. sports. Like the like, basketball program is the they have won as many champions. Everybody, all basketball school, basketball powerhouse. They have won as many championships in basketball keep in mind was hand delivered by carmelo anthony Whoa. jim bayheim had nothing to do with that they've won as many championships in basketball as they have their joke football program or their baseball program which hasn't existed since the 70s it's a lacrosse school jim bayheim yeah. acts like he's bill belichick or coach k when he's won one ring that he got carried to by carmelo anthony which he also then tried to say, "Well, Melo wanted to come back to school, and I talked him into going into the draft." No, you didn't. That didn't happen at You're all. Right. right. Not to mention his his ability to drive a car. But <laughs> I I respect Coach K too much. When people, I I, I have to respect Coach K because people are like, well, the greats like Coach K and Jim Beheim. No, don't you dare put those two people in the same conversation. Don't do it. Do not do it.
1: Yeah, he's he was a great coach, K. But I, I I don't know, I just didn't like him.
0: Fair enough. All right, uh, let's get back to football here. Uh, how big of a step forward do we think Mac Jones will have? Okay, I sorry, I was trying to read the question. I sometimes I pull these up live and I just look for keywords and then I pull it up and figure out what the question is. Uh, basically, how big of a step forward do we think Mac Jones would have taken last year if Bill O'Brien had been the coordinator? I think that's what this question is.
1: Mm-hmm. Um last last year. Uh well probably a little bit bigger than this year because he didn't have to go through last year, right? He would have just been right. building off that successful rookie year, but it, it it should be better. He's not gonna throw 35, 40 touchdowns and be an MVP candidate, in my opinion. But I think it'll be a better version of his rookie year. Hopefully he doesn't fade down the stretch. Hopefully they can win a game where the opponent Opposing team scores 25 points, but you get O'Brien in, get some of those Alabama elements that he did so well in, and and it should look better and smoother all around.
0: All right. Let's say no D Hop for the Pats. Are either of us interested in Dalvin Cook? Would you just say, let's see a heavy dose of born Thornton Parker Juju and Mondre Strong Harris? Would you look? And then he has another comment to get any other weapons. I'm not going to say no to Dalvin cook. I've said this before. He's a good player. He, they're not like noticeably better with him. They have better depth, but I think him and Mondre are comparable players and you can't put them both on the field at the same time. It's not like Hopkins where you're adding to the group you already have. You're essentially the 10 snaps a game or Mondre's not on the field. Yes. You're better. That's 10 snaps a game. Does that make them a better team? Yes. Yeah. That money should go to Hopkins. If he's off the table, would I give it to cook? Maybe. I think I'd rather pay a corner. I might go to Marcus Peters, whose deal with the Raiders seems to have stalled out and say like, Hey, I know you had something in the works with the Raiders, but can we get a chance to top it? Unless he's already signed. He hasn't. So there we go. Um, I'm not going to say no to sign Dalvin cook. He's a good player, but I also just don't see the, I I don't see how it's like, he's in the same conversation with Deandre Hopkins right now. That should not be the case. Deandre Hopkins is the one player who can impact them. Like DeAndre Hopkins can of those available right now. He cooks a different conversation.
1: Not getting in a bidding war for Dalvin Cook, right? Like it's a right. it's one offer, probably low money with incentives. And it's if you want to play on this, we'll we'll welcome you, but that's like we're not gonna throw a bag out there for you, like he's kind of looking for, it seems like. Here's here's another good point. Like they need another
0: corner, not Hopkins. I've I've said this. If there were a DeAndre Hopkins equivalent at tackle, I would go get that guy over Hopkins. I, I didn't consider it a corner, but honestly, now that I see this, yeah, I would. The problem is that level of player is not available. This is a weird thing where you have this great player available at this time of year. They they could use another corner, but I you know, Hopkins is gonna want call it between 10 and 15 million. You're not giving Marcus Peters 15 million dollars, you're not giving mm-hmm. Fabian Moreau 15 million dollars, you're not giving Rock Yasin, right? So it's it's just a different caliber of player we're discussing. I think they should add a veteran corner, but it's not again, it's not in that conversation with DeAndre Hawkins, a different kind of player, different role. Mm-hmm. Uh, what else? All right, we kind of talked about this earlier. When is Aaron Rodgers hitting his cliff? He had one of his worst statistical years last year, right? He did have a bad year, he also didn't care. <laughs> so I don't know how much that factors in.
1: Could be this year, or he could. Tear the league up and go win another MVP. It's really just don't know.
0: I'm not. Yeah, I, I'm really hesitant to call Cliff on anybody, especially like, I'm, I'm hesitant to call Cliff on Rodgers. I know I just called Cliff on Josh Allen like half an hour ago, but I'm hesitant to call Cliff on Aaron Rodgers this year. Like next year, I'd call it. If they're good this year, right, he proved he can win outside of Green Bay. Then he really just taps out. This year, I, I think he could check in. I think he could just want to yeah. show the Packers, screw you. So, uh, what else do we got here? People are annoyed. We were talking about basketball. Wow, I'm way behind on these comments. All right, let me catch up. Yeah, I'm behind too. <laughs> um, somebody said seven and 10. I think that's the basement record for the Patriots. Some talking. There's a good conversation going on here, but they're not really questions. What uh, a, what is Antonio Brown? Here's a great question What is Antonio Brown up to? Signed to a low contract, Antonio Brown. So we're going to get into some, you, you were upset. We were talking about college basketball. Here comes the arena football talk. (laughs) Antonio Brown bought, they were formerly the Albany Firebirds. Now the Albany empire, believe it or not, arena football is huge in Albany. Like they sell out. The team's been great for decades. That's a big deal out there. He bought the team, stopped paying everybody and left. Like he still owns the team, but he like checked out. He got the team, which is one of the most storied arena teams. And arena football goes back to the eighties. It's one of the most storied arena franchise going back to the eighties. He got them kicked out of the league for failing to pay league dues. That guy's not in a good place right now. I would not touch him with a 50 foot pole. No shot. What is he up to? Nothing good.
1: Oh, Antonio. Shout out Mike Tomlin. Holding that together. Yeah. I I
0: really, I, I, you know, that whole era is like, oh, maybe Mike Tomlin's not the coach and they keep coming up short. No, he was doing
1: a much better
0: job than any of us realize so shout out to mike tomlin for that um oh we're doing can alabama beat uh could a good college football team beat a bad nfl team no one in a hundred times they could do it but no the 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 talent's so different uh what else do we got here this is the this up my i think you're good great my back am i back all right um I think the same guy who asked about uh Antonio Brown. What's Josh Gordon up to these days? He was he just played in the XFL. He wasn't bad. But again, I he's not you need a true number one wide receiver. He's not that anymore, unfortunately. Unless I don't know Mike, you want to do or not Mike, Brian. Jeez, you want to do Josh Gordon again? I saw somebody say Mike in the chat.
1: No, I'm good. I think I'm good on, on Josh Gordon right now.
0: Yeah. I'm just sorting through this whole uh could first of all the Lions aren't the worst team in the league. We need to stop using the Lions for this. And it's frank, honestly, as much as it kills me to say this as an Alabama fan, it's not Alabama, it's Georgia. It's could Georgia beat the Titans or know. Yeah, I mean, there's some other bad teams. Uh Atlanta, some teams in the NFC that are really bad. The Bear, I mean the Bears last year. I guess. the NFC.
1: It would be a team out of the NFC, probably. Yeah, the car. Actually, no, it's the Cardinals. Cardinals. Yeah, without the Kyler, Georgia beat
0: the Cardinals. <laughs> It'd be an interesting game, but I. They might keep it close, but no. Um, what's the best position group? Okay, here we go. I finally, got to an actual question. What's the best That's position group on both for. offense and defense? Uh offense. I'm gonna go hmm.
1: guards, interior linemen.
0: So, all right, I, yeah, I, I was thinking just, like, line, and I can't because the tackle. Their guard group's really good. Yeah. Like, they don't have a lot of tight ends, but the top end of their tight end depth chart is awesome.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, if they signed Hopkins, I'd probably say receiver. Defense, it's definitely safety. Their safeties are 100%. absurdly good. Mm-hmm. Absurdly good. So, i go safety there.
1: All five, just all really good players.
0: Yeah. Uh, so this one, how much 11 personnel should we really expect this year? I think under 50%. I think it's going to be under 50%. It'll,
1: it'll be interesting to see because the spring they lived in 12, but they didn't have any wide receivers. Right? right. So hopefully they're all healthy and they're out there this summer and we'll get a kind of better read on that. But yeah, I think they're going to do a lot in 12 regardless, I think. So that number could be, could be lower than 50 or, or around that range.
0: Well, the other thing is, like,
1: what does
0: uh Gasicki count as? What does time do Montgomery this, count the ghosts,
1: as? the ghosts again, <laughs>
0: right? Cloudy, cloudy 12, I think is what I call it, or 11 and a half. Uh, I, I, you're gonna see a lot of both Henry and Gasicki on the field at the same time, or Ty Montgomery on the field at the same time as a running back. I think you're gonna mm-hmm. see both of those things quite a bit, maybe sometimes at the same time, and that then we get really nuts. Uh, the Josh Gordon suggestion was sarcasm. I know. I just wanted to have fun with that. And he, you you guys know me. If I get to bring up the XFL or the USFL or arena football, if He's you give going. me a reason to do that, I'm going to do that. Like Corey Coleman is in the USFL right now or was in the USFL. Their season's over. Uh, that guy didn't pan out like at all. What if the Patriots don't have the best defense in the division? I don't know if this was part of that argument, but it's a good question. We, I, we did this briefly on the show before, and I did it on the Sports Hub podcast. To me, at least in the AFC, the NFC, I think, has the two elite defenses in the Eagles and the Niners. In the AFC, there are three teams in the running to have the best defense in the conference, and two of them happen to be in the AFC East. I think it's the Patriots, I think it's the Jets, and it's the Steelers. Those are the three best defenses. I don't think anybody else comes close. Patriots might not have the best defense in the division. They can still have a really good freaking defense, but I don't think it's unrealistic that they don't end up with the best defense in the division because that Jets defense is going to be really good, too.
1: Yeah. You could be second in the division, but top five in the NFL, which at that point, it's like, okay. They could
0: be second in the division and second in the conference. Yeah. (laughs) Like, there's a very real chance that happens. And, you know, everybody's, I I don't want to get confused. We talk about the Patriots having this great defense, you know, doesn't mean like they're going to be, the Jets could still be better, but Patriots could be really good. Uh, What else do we got here? Um, I think I actually caught, I, I got caught up. Somebody asked me to repeat the thing about Bama, and so all right. Here's the thing about the NFL team versus the college team, and we'll call it the Cardinals. And even though I'm a Bama fan, the the the, the Georgia Bulldogs deserve. They earned their way into being the team in this conversation. They won back to back national championships. We'll called the Cardinals and the and the Georgia Bulldogs. What makes this conversation so weird is like in. In theory, yes. If Georgia got hot on the right day and the Cardinals played a really piss poor game, one in every 1,000 times maybe it could happen. The Globe Trotters <laughs> lost once, right? The Washington Generals beat the Globetrotters once. So I'm not going to sit here and tell you it can't happen. But you're talking about one great college football team versus a team assembled of even the 20th best corner in the NFL, the, 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 the 20th best receiver was probably the best, unless he went to Alabama or Georgia or Ohio state was probably the best receiver on his college team and call it a top five receiver in his conference. So it's, it looks different because you're, you're watching them on different scale, but how many play, like. How many of Georgia players, how many of Georgia's players are going to go on and start on an NFL team? Whereas how many of the Cardinals starters are starting on an NFL team, even if it's a bad team, right? So it's you know, the, the way I always look at it, because I, I I used to say this: like I, I used to get because one of my takes when Leonard Fournette came into the league was he would be a bust because the Jaguars offensive line was worse than LSU's offensive line but they were like if you had them if you swapped them and you put George's offensive line or sorry LSU's offensive line on the Jaguars they would have got I don't even remember who the quarterback was at that point I think it was Bortles they would have gotten Bortles killed but it's it's LSU's offensive line versus its competition the gap was so much greater than the Jaguars line versus its competition so that's where this thing gets lost but no the concept of a college team beating an NFL team is so it, it's almost I, I people will say okay it's a different conversation when I put it this way but it's really not take the best triple A team in baseball do they have a better roster that well the A's are kind of a bad example because the A's are tanking at levels the the Royals could the best triple A team in baseball beat the Royals they couldn't they're just not as good of a team they're not they don't have that talent as bad as the Royals are if the triple A players were that good, some major league team would have traded for him. And yeah, I know you can't trade for college players, but it's the same idea. Like they're just, it 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 doesn't work that way.
1: Yep. I'm with you. Maybe like one, one in a hundred games, it could roll that way. But if
0: they, if they did it every year, if they did it every year and had the, the the best college team play the worst NFL team, every like 25 years, you'd see an upset.
1: Yeah.
0: I think something like that, but it's just not a real conversation. Mm-hmm. And of course, because I brought up Leonard Fournette, are Fournette and Hunt still available? I think Hunt signed. I think Kareem Hunt signed. Why do I think that?
1: Um, um, Fournette's like kind of retired or maybe retired. No, so
0: I, I guess he put out a post that everybody thought was him retiring and it wasn't. He was just being sentimental. I would take no. Fournette a second. And yes, cheaper than Cook, I think would give you the same thing. Uh, is a better pass blocker, which is bigger. I would, I take Leonard Fournette in a second. I think he'd be. Right
1: Hunt looks like he's unsigned too, so he's available. He'd be an option.
0: Yeah, I. Mm, yeah. I like pa- I like pass blocking. I like pass yeah. blocking from Leonard Fournette. Like Kareem Hunt's not really. I don't know. And he, there's more overlap with him and Ramondre. I, it's just the thing where, give me something that's a little bit different. And Fournette, there's some overlap too, but he he plays that bowling ball back real well, and you can take some of those really physically draining carries away from Ramondre Stevenson. Those are carries you're going to give to Leonard Fournette. You're not necessarily going to give to a guy like Kareem Hunt. Uh, Are there any players in next year's draft we should be interested in drafting? Yeah, there's a bunch, and we're going to get into them over the course of the year. uh, Joe Alt, tackle from Notre Dame, is is one guy to know. Who replaces Lawrence Guy if he retires? I think it's Keon White.
1: Yeah.
0: I think that's why it's so weird. He's holding out. They just drafted his replacement.
1: Yeah. I mean, they gave like Sam Roberts some time there and OTAs and mini camp, but they don't need to like if he retires or he gets cut because of this contract holdout, they don't need to just add another body to have another body. They have Keon White there now to do that job. So that's probably his role. And then so we'll see kind of where that holdout goes in camp, but weird all around. So this is an
0: interesting question. I, I've gotten this question before off the air. What if the Patriots just accepted that Trent Brown is naturally heavy and stopped trying to make him lighter? Maybe he would be happier and more bought in. It's not about they want him lighter; they want they don't want him too heavy. At a certain point, you can't carry that much weight and run up and down a field and all that. It's just they need him to be. There is an element of you don't want to ask a guy to lose too much weight, not just because he won't be happy, but it changes the way he it fundamentally changes the way he plays. It changes who he is as a player. You don't want to do that, but you also can't have a guy too heavy that he starts developing knee problems and back problems. And I think that's what they're trying to do. I don't think it's a, we don't like fat people. You know, that's not what it is. It's when you play it this way, you get hurt. We can't have you playing at this weight. I think it's, it's more like that.
1: Mm -hmm. (laughs) Imagine Marvin Harrison.
0: So somebody asked, remember Monday when I said there were good questions and I had a sign off. This was one of them. So he said, is would Marvin Harrison be a good pick for the Patriots in next year's draft? I'm going to give you a hot take. I'm going to say no. And here's really? the reason why here's the reason why if they are drafting high enough that they can draft Marvin Harrison oh, jr. Okay. They need a quarterback. Yeah. You don't draft Marvin Harrison jr. If you don't have a quarterback to throw him the ball, that sucks. Cause I'd love to get him. But if they're cause Marvin Harris is gonna be a top five pick, if they're drafting that high, there's no excuse for them to take any position, but quarterback, if they want to trade up, maybe that's another story. And maybe that's where I kind of eat my own words here. But Marvin Harrison Jr. with their own pick would be a bad pick for the Patriots next year. Except what if you're
1: in, in a spot where it's like, we'll see how the season, the college football season yeah. goes, obviously. But what if it's like, there's two top five guys, it's Caleb Williams and Drake May. They go one, two, and you're sitting at four and he's there. Then do you take them? then you, you,
0: you should be trying to move up to one or two.
1: You're moving up still? You should like be that. trying to
0: move up to one or two. Um, in regards to the college NFL team, this is another thing you get a a lot. If college teams can't beat an NFL team, why does every team draft from the college level? Two reasons. One, there are individual players that are worthy, but an entire college roster being better than an entire NFL roster is the question here, because there's a reason outside of the Eagles who are doing it from a generational roster, players aren't only getting picked from four or five teams. The other thing is, yes, they draft from the college level and then the players develop. Not every player comes in and is an instant impact player. Guys have to get better in the NFL. They have to learn that the NFL is more physical and quicker and all of that. So that would be why that. Um all right, we can start wrapping this up here, but we are getting good questions.
1: Uh, one receiver, maybe. He from so, Ohio State, he is awesome. I like him a lot. He's really
0: good. Again, it's kind of that. Same thing though, where now he may go a little later if they're yeah. picking in like that 16 to 20 range Maybe Mac showed me enough. I don't know like if mac If mac showed me enough, like, now, I'm still gonna want to tackle but
1: Yeah,
0: if it's like all right, we're gonna get mac a true number one. I'm not mm-hmm. gonna be super pissed about it like You sell me a little more on that But again, i'm gonna say the same thing if they're picking in the top 10 a receivers a bad pick Period period if they're picking in the top 10 receivers a bad pick because you need a quarterback you at that, that point I don't and now. Ultimately, I don't think any of this is going to happen. I think they're going to be picking somewhere from like 18 to 25 and they'll, they should draft a tackle and they're going to draft, not a tackle or a receiver. They're going to take like a guard or a linebacker or something. But um, yeah, I, as my, I said last year, when I was like, what should the Patriots draft strategy be? Take Marvin Harrison Jr. At 15 and tell Goodell if he doesn't like it, he can meet you in the parking lot. And shout it. out <laughs> shout out Coley Mick for coming up with that draft strategy. I shouldn't say I said that I, copied that from coley mick but yeah draft marvin harrison tell goodell he can deal with it go the old larry bird route that's how the celtics got larry bird was they drafted yep. his rights because he could do that back then and he stayed in college another year uh that's what that'd i was be- saying last year i think the hell of marvin harrison jr is a player but if they need a quarterback they need a quarterback
1: that'd be chaos if you could draft people's rights but fun chaos <laughs>
0: I, like i wouldn't hate it and it kind of encourages guys to stay in college a little more which i'm yeah. obviously all for baseball does it and it seemingly uh, not baseball sorry hockey does it and i think it actually works well with them but you're you're never gonna the union yeah would, would never, never let happen, you do that yeah it's 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 never gonna happen uh some people talk about Brock bowers same thing Brock bowers That's is a 100. sick player great player if you're drafting that high quarterback quarterback uh all right we'll end on this this is a good question it's july 12th what's the most underrated storyline going into patriots training camp
1: underrated Brian, you st- got one underrated storyline i don't know we talked about this a lot going into otas but i feel like now that that's passed we've kind of lost you know lost it a little bit. The communication and replacement of Devin McCordy, I still feel like that's a that's a big thing here, right? Because they have a lot of talent back there and a lot of guys who have been here and we talk about all this versatility and stuff, but if they can't communicate it and if there's a void back there and they're giving up big plays and coverage busts, that that's an issue. And I feel like we've kind of lost that a little bit. So maybe it's it's no issue and Duggar and Adrian Phillips and John Jones and, and Bentley from the second level can handle that, but that's still something that's kind of on my radar is how, how is that going to look when, you know, they're facing live offenses.
0: So I'll say mine is just cause I, I think it's gotten, and I've talked about it a lot, but I think it's gotten lost in the DeAndre Hopkins stuff. Assuming he doesn't come Kendrick Bourne, Tyquan Thornton, Z receiver yep. that is going to make or break the offense, how that battle goes. And you hope at least one of those guys steps up. That to me is a massive, massive storyline is we know that Juju Smith is going to be in the slot slot. We know, especially now with the extension, Devontae Parker is your ex who gets that third spot. And how often do we see that third spot? You know, does nobody win it? And they just go 12, just incredibly heavy on 12. <clears throat> so that's, uh, that's where Matt with that.
1: Yep. They need one of those guys to step up. And again, we'll start seeing some of that in two weeks at training camp, but We're going to wrap it up here for now. We will be back next week at some point. So turn on your Patriots press pass notifications so you are aware when we are going live. But until then, you can follow Alex on Twitter at realalexbarth. Read all of his stuff at 985thesportshub.com. You can follow me on Twitter at Iambrianhines. Go read all my work over at patspulpit.com. And we will see you guys next week.